home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. This hour of the Rich Keith Show is brought to you by FindMathMoney.gov. Hour number three of the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI. It's a full-time program. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to everybody out there. I think, uh, you're going to see uh, maybe your ex for the first time in 10 years tonight at the old bar. Hopefully you're doing well. well that goes, everything goes great for you. I mean, why not, right? You go back in there. You sort of maybe lie about your job, lie about how things are going for you. You'll be fine. I'm paying a girl to come with me. Is that right? Yeah. Look. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah we've been together for a few <laughs> that years can work. now. Yeah, that yeah, can work. Yeah. yeah. This is this is my girl. She's a legal secretary. I'm like, tell me two things about him. What? I'll He's be right wearing back. Wearing a hat. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go to the bathroom. I will see you in a in a minute. Uh, Rob Bradford's gonna join us. Talk a little uh, baseball off season at eight twenty. But uh, you know, what? let's get to some uh, weekend review. It's a mini weekend review. It's a mini weekend review. Normally we do these on Fridays, but this sort of is. Our Friday for many of you. If you're, uh, it's kind of your Friday, last day of the uh, the old work week, last day that we're going to be on before the must lose Patriots Giants game. So if you have any thoughts on the Pats and Giants, you can get in here at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Still no quarterback named for the New England Patriots as a starter. We'll we'll dig back into that coming up as well. Where Mac Jones is left at the press conference today, just be like, yeah, I hope so. We'll see. I don't really know how. How it goes. So publicly, they have not named a starter. I would hope to God in-house they know who's starting Wednesday before the game. But who knows? The way this uh, 2023 Patriots season is gone, I wouldn't rule anything out. But let's get to our weekend review. It's certainly been a week. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Here's some of the best. Well, we she squashed made. her letterbox before lying. Dirty. Hey, how dare you? We can't say that. Can squashed her letterbox. And worst moments. Your former host at Big Mush. It's the Rich Keefe Show's Week in Review. All right, here we go. Let's dive in with some uh, commentary on Travis. Kelsey, of course, in the news all the time. The Swifts and the Kelseys did not meet each other on uh, Monday Night Football because uh, everything going on with Taylor Swift's concert and everything else. That's sort of a to-be-continued. I'm sure we'll hear about it. I'm sure when it does happen, we will know. But this is just sort of a, a thought I had on uh, Travis Kelsey and specifically his wardrobe. He dresses like a clown. Oh, I oh, – Now, it. I am – like – I understand I'm not the one to give out fashion advice. I wear I'm wearing mesh shorts and a sweatshirt and that's what I wear most of the time. Top tier outfit. I feel like there's probably four ways of dressing. You can dress well, you can dress comfortable, which is what I dress. You can dress uh kind of funny, like you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm wearing this cuz it's funny." And then you can just dress like a a-hole and I feel like that's <laughs> are those the four Categories for how to dress? That's pretty fair. Yeah, I, I'm sure you could lump everyone into like one I'm, of those. I'm comfortable. Ryan's still here. He's, I would say comfortable, right? You're comfortable. Yeah. Stid's comfortable? Yeah, comfortable. Just comfortable. There are people like I, I, you see somebody who has like, you know, a suit that fits. It's uh, like they never have wrinkles. I understand that that is dressing well. But like Travis Kelsey, 
wear stuff where it's like it's not even a pattern. It's not even like Dan flashes. I'm like, I think you should leave. It's not. I don't know what it is. I don't know where he gets any of his stuff. I've never seen any of his stuff anywhere else. And then he's out there with the most famous person in the world, and everyone's like, you know, I don't think they're talking enough about his outfits. They look silly. Yeah, especially that blue one. That was top tier silly. And it's silly, and it's like they're collared with buttons, but then they have like just reckless patterns. I don't know. I don't. I don't really. Uh, I don't get that. But so you know, what do I know? So I think I would like to amend the four categories. Instead of funny, I don't think there's less people that dress funny. It just might be like trendy. So like whatever happens to be in, there are people that are like, oh, I got to wear that. And so it'll change, you know, year to year. Like one year, like I'm wearing all neon stuff. And then the next thing I'm wearing really tight stuff. And then I'm wearing really baggy stuff. There are people that just sort of follow the trends. That would be a separate tier. Because like dressing well and trendy are different. But then when Travis Kelsey sort of finds his own kind of lane here. True story. Earlier today, yeah, please. I looked up the price to one of the jumbo hats. Oh, the big hat! The, the big hat. Well, how, the much, how much? How big hat run you? One twenty. One twenty for a big hat. Yeah, well, it's a lot of a lot it's of too stitching. Much. Yeah, I, like, I thought it was. I thought it was a lot stitching. too. But. It's too much. But <laughs> I mean, Red even Sox jumbo hat. I remember, and this this is like a, one of those classic, like uh, how old I am or how whatever. But like for the longest time, you get like a baseball, like a fitted. Hat for whatever your team was, 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like 40. It's crazy. So, like, in the last, whatever, 20 years, it's literally doubled in price. So, I, if a normal sized hat's 40, I suppose a big, big hat, I guess, would be like a one. 13 year old Stiz loved lids, quick aside. So, yes. Oh, God. You go in there, and then they wow. throw some deals at you. Uh, like, oh, here's two a two for, for 30 one. or something. Oh, yeah. get one, get oh. one half off. Oh, come on, the BOGO. You're walking away with a lot of hats. Say that. Get a lot. I got a box of hats and all. Uh, last night on the program, uh, in response to the uh, Celtics game against the Hornets, we started talking about former Celtic Gordon Hayward. Well, and, yeah, and, like, you know, how much money he's made. How much money do you think Gordon Hayward has made in his NBA career? $231 million. Holy smokes, 239 did I? Yeah, look at that. That's a guess and a half. Steel trap right here. Gordon Hayward, $239 million. You should probably teach... Uh children to play basketball it's incredible he's like you don't even get hurt it's a sport where he he actually kind of really got hurt i know but it's a (laughs) sport where you choose to play it in the off season you know what i mean like you go play pickups those chicago things where like everybody shows up every other like football players play basketball in the off season everybody plays basketball it's like a fun it's a fun thing to do he's made one all-star team and he's made 240 million dollars a good gig if you holy smokes imagine that and i didn't even really realize he was still on the hornets i was watching that game and i was like oh yeah, yeah he's still there yeah yeah he sure is remember him i do i remember go well. no not Nothing really great. but just making a ton of money really is i mean holy that's a 240 million dollars and counting really this isn't gonna be his last year yeah that blew my mind that number so he'll probably close in around like 300 or close to 300 million dollars and that's just the nba paycheck i'm sure he's had some endorsements here and there along yeah. the way Wow, pretty wild. All right, this next one was a call that we took, and I'm still on the fence on whether or not it was a prank. I feel like it started out like it was going to be a prank, but then there was no real payoff for anyone involved. So listen to it again and give me your your honest opinion if this was a prank call or not. Uh, Let's go to Stu in Cambridge. He joins us next. What's up, Stu? Hey, Rich. Hey, what's up? Hey, Stu. Um, 
Listen, love the show. Thanks. Let me pause it right there. <laughs> kind of like a kind of like early on, you're like, oh, maybe this is. Maybe this is what this maybe this is what this guy is. Maybe he's Still here. maybe he's up to something. I do love when callers say their name. Because sometimes they get thrown off guard. Maybe they're on hold. And you're like, hey, let's go to like uh Pete in Boston. They're like, hey, Pete in Boston. You're, yeah, like, you're, you're yeah, Pete. You're yeah. Pete. Hey, Rich. Hey, what's up? here? Hey, Stu. Um, <laughs> kind of, listen, kind of a kind of a tell that we might be in line for something. And I wasn't sure where he was going to go, and then this is what we got. Listen, love the show. Thanks. First time caller. Great. Listen, I love the theme song to the fantasy brief. Go. Okay? Nice. I, can you put it on YouTube? I, I want to listen to it. I think it is on YouTube. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Give it a good give it a good search, a good detailed search. I I spent some time looking for it. I'll dig again. It's on there. Um, yeah. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Love Stu. the show. Thanks. And uh, keep putting out the uh, the songs like that. All right, Stu. You got it, man. He called in just to ask about your fantasy brief song? Yeah, shout out Opie the Poet. That's not Opie the Poet. Uh, his name is not Stu, but thanks for the for the. By the way, a guy words, called, texted earlier. His name is John. What would his uh, 90s rap name be? Nope. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a call. We got to listen to the, the podcast to get that joke at the end. Uh, what do you think? Prank call, not prank call. So I'm going to lean not prank call because when you told him that the Fantasy Brief intro is on YouTube, yeah. his is it response sounded like, man, I've searched for that for I 30 for minutes. It, couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. Yeah, maybe. It is like Hart said. It's a weird thing to point out. I thought he was like I was. I was waiting for like the setup because he was like, "I oh, love the show," but something. And here's another Didn't thing. Happen. Shout out Opie the poet because that's yeah. actually good rapping. So oh, thank another you. reason yeah. to make me be like, "No, I think the kid just liked the song." Maybe he likes the song. He just wants to keep. He just wants to listen to it on a loop, and that's what he can do. Now this is another call we took. Now this, let's set the stage on this one. We had been on the air maybe an hour, hour and a half. At zero point did we talk about any deer stories. I know the. Celtics are playing the Bucks tonight, but we never once mentioned deer. We never once mentioned car accidents. Like we didn't discuss any of that stuff. And this is another caller, I believe, right after Stu, the fantasy brief fan, uh, immediately after. What about Raj Wait. in Waltham? Can't Raj, be worse than the last two. Raj, what do you have? Top act to follow. How are you doing? Yeah, good. How are you? You're talking about uh, deer on Route Three. That yeah. Is, yes, we are of course, actually. Of course. Have you seen any deer on Route yeah. Three? How, eight point buck. Uh, oh, yes, I have experienced deer on Route 3. It's very, very dangerous. Yeah. About 10 years ago, I'm uh, driving down Route 3 at a normal Route 3 speed, I don't know, 65, 70 miles an hour. 70 um, And I'm, I'm, I, I'm like, uh, just come out to my exit, Pembroke. Yep, sure. And there's a lo- very, very large 18-wheeler in front of me. So large, so. How large that, was you know, it? To pull out to the left. Accelerate past the 18 wheeler, oh. then jump in front of the 18 wheeler, and then bang a right onto my exit. Not a good idea. No. So I bide my time behind this massive cruise ship on the interstate. And uh, what comes out from the bottom of it? What idea? Damn. With, with the antlers, the whole thing. Looking up, like it's just like, what happens to me? I'm trying not to swear very hard here. Yes. So yeah, clearly, doing a good job. the 18 wheeler. It's a deer, but it was so high up, its clearance, that it just knocked it out, and the deer hit the pavement, and then it cleared it. No more interaction between the deer and the 18-wheeler, but it comes out from the back of the 18-wheeler, facing me on Route 3, antlers and all, going 70 miles an hour. I don't have time to look to my left, 
look to my right, no. nothing. Not at 70. It's just me and this carcass, or seem to be carcass, oh, blood. in the middle of the road. I, I go, Duke's a hazard. I jump the deer in a Volvo. I, I got air, about a foot of air on Route 3. And the then deer? I uh, composed myself and uh, pulled off in my accident, and that's when my wife called me and said, where are you? The kids are going nuts. You're going to have problems, just like everything else. But stay positive and stay strong. All right, Raj, we, thanks for um, the call on that. Were we uh, I think he just. Wa- I think he just wanted to tell that story again. Well, we I'm did. sure it's like one of his favorite stories. I'm sure he tells it every Thanksgiving. He talks about the Bucks, Celtics Bucks tomorrow night. And what's a buck? That can be confusing. Yep. Nailed deer. That's on us. And then Hart also added, too, he's like, <laughs> that guy work for Route 3? He mentioned Route 3 yeah. like 10 times in that story. Now, that guy called and insisted that yeah. you guys were talking about deers. We were and, not. And I said, no, I don't we're think not. they were. He kept no. insisting. No. And I had a few people in the studio, and, and I thought, oh, maybe in maybe passing real sure. quick. Yep. I missed it. Possible. And I let him on. And, That's But, fine. yeah, that was one of those, uh, you know. I guess you had to be there. You tell a story, no one laughs. I suppose so. And then finally in our weekend review, we were uh, talking a little bit about the uh, the Thanksgiving tradition for uh, high school football teams playing tomorrow early. And, uh, well, this sort of led to this. We no, this, I like I like. And there's it, some games at Fenway even tonight, I believe. Oh, yeah, it is. Somebody was, t- uh, yeah, somebody was tweeting at me. Who's Which, playing tonight at Fenway? Uh, by the way, that's pretty. There's kids that are playing at Fenway Park tonight and Gillette next week. How about that's that double dip? You're insane. in high school and you're playing at Fenway and Gillette. And I hate to break it to you because this isn't going to sound great. Your life's not going to get any better than that. Oh wow! It's going to be the that's going to be the tops. Um, As somebody who peaked in eighth grade, I feel well, like I can say that. I would also say I agree with. I heard Chris Collinsworth talking about this. And he went on, obviously, to star at Florida. Then he went on to star in Cincinnati, Super Bowl. Now he does Sunday night football. And he still says high school football yes, is different. A blast. Like, it's the best. Yep. Um, so I, I do think there is some some truth to that, that whether you keep playing or not, you might be the best player, you know, going on to college football, D1, whatever. Yeah, definitely. High school football with your boys, the rivalry. Usually there is, like, uh, they probably did things today, pep rallies, and like all some places stuff. have the bonfire the night before oh, or the yeah. get-together. Yeah. Um, so all that's very cool. I mean, it really is like the scene of Billy Madison where the kid's like, I can't wait till I go to hike school. And he grabs his face, goes, stay here. Stay as long as you can. Cherish these moments. That would be my advice to all the high school football players out you there. You got dark there for a second, Keith. I know, but it's also a little bit of realism, too. Dark. Realist, like it's all kind of one and the same, if you ask me. Uh, you guys can jump aboard the show at 617-779-7937. We haven't done a lot of baseball in the last couple of weeks, so I'm excited to talk to Rob Bradford from the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast coming up here in a moment on uh, who are the Red Sox going to get this offseason. But right now, here is Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now, Celtics back at it tonight at the TD Garden. They're hosting the Bucks. They tipped off at 7.30. Right now, they are in the second quarter, about 10 minutes left. Your Boston Celtics up 10 points, 34-24. to 24. It was looking questionable for Jay- Jason Tatum. However, he is out there. And Drew Holiday was traded to Boston from the Bucks, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. Bruins also in action tonight. They remain on the road in Florida to face the Panthers. Puck drops for them at about 7 p.m. Right now, the second uh, the second period just started. Bruins up one nothing over the Panthers. 
Your Boston Bruins currently 13-1-3. and The rain forced the Patriots to move their second-to-last practice of the week indoors today. Pats had perfect attendance on their active roster. The lone absence was wide receiver TJ Luther from the practice squad. Our own Patriots writer Mike Cadlick was down at Gillette. Cadlick said that tackle Trent Brown was at practice but didn't do too much during the stretch period that he saw. Trent Brown currently rehabbing both ankle and knee injuries. Patriots get ready to head to New York to face the Giants. Kickoff Sunday at 1 p.m. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keith Show, including Rob Bradford, coming up. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say WEI is a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keith Show on WEI. Back here on the Rich Keith Show, WEEI. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to everybody out there. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving and all of that. I am thankful for our next guest taking his time out on this uh, this important holiday to talk a little baseball. That'd be one Rob Bradford from the Baseball is a Boring podcast. Bradford, how are you? Listen, it is it's a lot of fun. I always like these shows. I was like the go-to guy for all class reunion nights. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. I, so this is kind of my jam right now. And and by the way, Stiz. I just told him I hadn't got a chance to talk to him. I'm so happy for him for being uh, your guy to run your ship yes. and, and yep. do the Red Sox stuff. Well, well earned. And that was another example of it right there. I don't know if you know this, Rich, but that song that he just played, yeah. John, John Schreiber's walking music. So, How about that? That's right. I yeah. picked it. I, I, thought, mean, I thought you were going to say you went to high school with the lead singer Stain. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty good. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? He's a Massachusetts but, uh, guy. He's a way is western. He, is he yeah, really? he's like Springfield. Yeah, Springfield. He's way out there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had John Schreiber on today's Baseballs and Boring, so it was fresh top of mind. Nice. Um, yeah, so he uh, we talked a lot about uh, how his beard looked Amish, which led to how what, they make great furniture. How that led to uh, other other conversations. So pretty good. yes, yeah, pretty. That's uh, what you. That's pretty that's good. What you, that's yeah. what you get in baseball. Isn't boring. Sure isn't. I'll Some tell good you, Amish talk. It is. I mean, the uh, the off season is is nowhere near boring. There's a lot of big big names that are free agents. There's some other big names that are likely to be traded. But let's take you all the way back first to Craig Breslow's intro press conference we spent a lot of time talking about that what were your overall first impressions i know you know the guy and you covered him when he was a player but as far as like him in this role what was your first impression well my first impression was it was the first ever former blogger for wei.com how about that over yeah he blogged for us during the 2013 uh playoffs so we appreciate that Mm -hmm. and and feather in our cap (laughs) um but I, i think that i mean when you talk about that that intro press conference i've said this i think before which was it, that wasn't necessarily him like i give him a lot of credit for memorizing his opening statement right, but right. if i if i was going to workshop that i would say don't memorize your opening statement because it just talk just talk yeah 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 it was somewhere in between like so what he is he's got a good personality he's a witty guy uh, you know, he once you get him going, he's pretty good. But I, listen, he's never been in that situation before, so I'm going to cut him a lot of slack. There was a lot of sort of corporate speak, and I, I do think this, Rich, having gone through this past year talking, you know, doing the podcast with all these executives, 
I am exhausted sort of by this new wave of executives about how they're conducting interviews, how they just will not let their guard down. Mm-hmm. It's worse than, worse than ever. And I think that Craig will eventually, but, but it's not like Dave Dombrowski who gets up there and says, uh, yeah, we're going to, um, we're going to trade for a closer. Probably going to be Craig Kimbrell <laughs> yeah. and we're going to sign David Price for $40 million more than the next competitor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to do. Right. Everybody sit back and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Cause my takeaway was in, it's, it's not going to matter if the moves are very different, but it just sounded so similar to Heim Bloom that like that part of it was kind of scary. It's like, oh, this guy also similar background, same college, same uh, in many ways, like way of looking at the game. But if Breslow goes out there and hands out a $250 million contract, like, well, suddenly it doesn't really matter to me what he, what he sounds like. Uh, well, in fairness, Theo Epstein also went to Yale. So, True. I mean, it's like, and, and he made some big moves. So he sure did. Yeah, no, he, he definitely mean, did. Much like I don't like to be portrayed as the same as John Cena because we both went to Springfield College. Right. Uh, I don't think you should paint it all in that, <laughs> that broader brush. Yeah, no, uh, that's fair. Um, I think, but it's a fair point. We can't, I think that Breslow will be good, um, but we don't know. We don't know how he's going to approach things. We have no idea. I think that the perception is that the ownership wants him to be bolder and bigger and, and get in on some of the free agents and win the free agent battle and, and maybe make some really one-for-one trades that are really, really difficult. But we just don't know. But I think all the things that I mentioned those are the things we're going to be looking out for. I, I don't think there's any question. And um, and I know that with Haim, he obviously did a lot of good things, but he also he was in on some big trades, right? But, like, for instance, the Glabar Torres thing. Like, okay, like you have interest in Glabar Torres. You want to trade for Glabar Torres, but you didn't ultimately trade for Glabar Torres. Are you going to be able to, if you're Craig Breslow, get uncomfortable and do what it takes to pry a guy like, I'm not just saying to him, mm-hmm. but pry a guy hit like that away. That's what we have to wait and see. Well, and what's also, and you mentioned Dombrowski, who was kind of as advertised and like what people thought he was going to do, he came in here and did. And and one thing for a new, I guess, chief baseball officer, is it easier for those guys to trade the minor leaguers? Because those aren't minor leaguers that they drafted. Those aren't minor leaguers that they signed. They can see wherever they're ranked and they can see wherever other teams value them. But wouldn't they be more likely to to deal those guys away in potential big trades? Uh, sort of. So when I was at the GM meetings, I was going around asking these like Hazen and Sherrington, these guys would say, well, what was it like when you went to the organization and you get dropped there and you know you have to make trades and you don't even know the guys that you're trading? And, he's, and they said, really, you don't feel totally comfortable with the entire organization having to handle on everybody for about a year. Now, you say, well, they could just trade away whoever. But I think I would say this. Still, they're going to be judged if they trade away the wrong guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, they, and they're good. That's a bad trade. It doesn't matter whether you drafted them or not. So I think that the bigger question is, are you going to be more willing to trade minor leaguers, whether you're familiar with them or not, doesn't matter. Are you going to be more willing to do it? Because one of the things that paralyzes a lot of these new age GMs is, well, you know what? We, we think that this guy's going to be, we see the best in this guy. We mm-hmm. drafted him. We developed him. All this. We see the best in him. And then you hang on, you hang on, you hang on, and boom, you don't trade him. And they're just okay. Dombrowski, I don't care. You can tell, say he gutted the farm system, whatever. He rarely traded away the wrong guys. Almost never. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I was trying to think in my head, like, who, when was the last time they got burned by this? And I remember 
you know, growing up for years, it was like, they traded Jeff Bagwell. Can you believe right. they traded Jeff Bagwell? And you're like, all right, well, that was like, what, 91 or whatever it was. And I'm trying to think, like, they've given up some good players. You know, Hanley Ramirez, if you want to go back to that, uh, he was a good player. But, like, what you got in return was well worth it. And those yeah, guys yeah. were great, and they won a World Series and everything else. So I don't – is there even an example of the last time they actually got burned trading a prospect? I mean, you could – there's examples where, it, like, an Anthony Rizzo, right? Right, I he mean, was it, good, but, like, I feel like he wasn't even that back, good for well, the Padres. People, people, also, people also forget – Adrian Gonzalez was insanely good True. in 2011. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's you're right. It's the Al Jefferson thing. Yeah, like, right. Right? It's the, ah, uh, go back to that. Ah, oh, man, I like Kevin Garnett, but we can't give away the future. <laughs> Al Jefferson's the future. Yeah. And Gerald Green. He can jump. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, and, and so you go way back. I mean, Pedro, how about Pedro? Pedro. Yeah. Was Carl Pavano and Tony Armas Jr. Carl Pavano? I know. How can you trade Carl Pavano? So yeah. there's there's plenty of examples. They kept in- Brian Rose in that scenario, right? Yeah. Wasn't that the big coup? They kept yeah. Rose. I think. How <laughs> <laughs> did, did you ever do it? But this is another, and I and I I know that like sometimes I lean into like oh Dabrowski does this, Dabrowski mm-hmm. did that, but. Mm-hmm. It's another thing that Dombrowski did. He didn't trade away Rafael Devers. You know who he did trade away? Yoan Moncada. Yeah, and, and Manuel and Margot. So, and Manuel Margot. Manuel Margot took you know a couple teams to even find his footing. Right. So I I think that I think that he did it as I go, I'll go back to it. I think he did a really good job of identifying guys that really weren't going to hurt them. Um, but you also at some point. You have to find the guys who are foundational guys. And I and to be honest with you, and I know Sox prospects who do an outstanding job. They just came out with their rankings today, and they had Roman Anthony ahead of, of Marcelo Meyer. Mm. And so if Roman Anthony is a foundation guy, if he is going to be the guy that you're saying, give him the $400 million contract uh, or trade him to the Dodgers, then then fine. But you've got to start identifying foundation guys because one thing about this farm system, everyone says, oh, it's so much better, it's so much better. But we don't know who the foundational guys are. And I think that's the criticism right now is that you you don't – going back, Rich, I mean, we knew Mookie Betts was going to be good. We had a good idea that Devers was going to be good. You go back, you know, Lester and mm-hmm. Papelbon and Buckholz, and, and you knew that these – Ellsbury. Ells, Ellsbury, yeah. a perfect example. So – and you had an idea, and right now, I don't know if you have a guy, and I know that some people will argue with me, but I don't know if you have a guy that you say, absolutely, that guy is going to be like Jackson Holiday, the mm-hmm. guy from the, right. the Baltimore Orioles. So, yeah, they don't have that guy, but so this is Craig Breslow's job, to find out who's at any value, value at all, and then trade him. By the way, that's another big thing. you got to pump up the value of these guys. I love this. I love pumping up the value of guys when they know they stink, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. so, so remember, you're you're a, a historian of the game. I like to think so, yeah. This is going back to uh, about 2005. Yeah, 2005. The Andy Marte trade. Do you remember this one? Oh, yeah. So Andy Marte was the number one prospect in baseball. The number one prospect in baseball. And the Atlanta Braves liked him so much that they traded him for Edgar Renteria, right? Yeah. So, but you know why? Because John Sherholtz knew he was RIP to Andy Marte, Marte mm-hmm. but knew he wasn't very good. But they pumped up him all the live long day. 
That's what the Smart. good organizations yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, you got to do it. And well, and I also going back to the prospects. The uh, I think it's going to be difficult when you have back to back last place finishes and your three top prospects, according to SoxProspects.com, aren't expected to even factor into the major league club in 2024. Like they're all more projected 2025 and beyond. So it's going to be, I think tough to keep those guys uh, all kind of intact. If you're Breslow, when, you know, you might have to make a big trade and one of those guys is going to have to be involved. Yeah. Well, who, so who did they, do you know who they have at number three? They have Kyle Teal at three. All right. So, and, and I think that, you know, Kyle, I haven't heard one person say Kyle Teal isn't going to be good, right? I right. Heard, oh, yeah. But I do hear people talk about Marcelo Meyer. Oh, well, you know, he's had a lot of injuries now. Is, is his shoulder okay? Um, is, you know, he he struggled in double A. Yeah. Roman Anthony, number one guy. He had one really, really good year. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But you're like you said, well, what's going to happen? Meanwhile, the Orioles have like a tidal wave of these guys. Oh my god, they're up. crazy. Yeah. I mean, they had they had about 5 of them come up this year and they all five more next year. And they had the so, rookie of the year this year, they had the runner up in the rookie of the year last year, like they're, and they have, yeah. and they have the number one in prospect in baseball. <laughs> that's insane. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So so yeah, I I think that I give, I give Heim and that crew credit for making the farm system deeper, mm-hmm. but let's not get this mixed up. I mean, there's, there's still, they have to start finding the impact players that you're going to say, Hey, you know what? You, Cause let's think about this rich. Like we, we, we scream and yell about, you got to sign an extension. Look at the Braves. They sign all these guys to extensions. Okay. That's great. Who are you signing to an extension? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's I know like no. Ryan Bayo and Tristan Cat. Okay, but yeah, I guess like, Costas. Actually, I guess Costas would yeah, maybe fit I would, that I would, bill. I would make that argument, sure. Yeah. But but it's but it's not like you have these these no doubt about it guys. No, so God yeah. no. Well, uh, Yamamoto, uh, one of the biggest names in free agency, uh, twenty five years old. The uh, we'll have a decision on him by early January, I believe. Right with the forty five day window. Well, there, yeah, I mean, they. It sounds like. Probably after the winter meetings, the winter meetings are the first week of December. Okay, um, and so again to pump up the baseballs and boring podcasts, but we just had on a guy who uh, he's he's an expert on Yamamoto. He's awesome, Lance Brzezowski, and he uh, he works for Marquee Network a little bit. Used to work for Driveline, but he was the first guy. We spent about forty five minutes, and he actually gave negatives about Yamamoto. Interesting. Which, I loved. Yes. Like, oh, I, yeah. I loved. It's refreshing because everything else is like he throws a no hitter every time he goes he, out. And you know, yeah. you know, you know why? You know what the number one reason everyone is so in love with him because he's twenty five years old, right? And and he's good, and he's won these Cy Youngs, and he's a good pitcher. But as this guy points out, okay, you know, people hit a lot of home runs off his fastball. Um, it's it, it it might not necessarily play like it does in Japan. The his his best pitches display. I mean, he can make adjustments, but he portrayed him more as maybe like a number three out of the gate. And then this this wait and see. Wow. That, not to say that he can't. Yeah, right, and, right, right. But I haven't heard that, so that's it. Uh, right. That's I mean, I. I it's no, it's not a reason why you still don't pay for them. Uh-huh. You know, go after them because guess what? I don't know if you know this. They need number threes, they need number twos, and they need number ones. So it's, it's funny because I kept throwing out every time. I I feel old doing this, like, but I kept throwing out Dice Game Matsuzaka, mm-hmm. right? No, sure. I mean, because, and and really, we we should because it was a different time, but still, 
this was the 25-year-old free agent back then. This was a guy everyone was freaking out about. And and looking back at Dice K's numbers, yeah. um, but Rich. Would you say, no, I think it's a, I think there are two sides to it. Would you say overall Dice K Matsuzaka signing by the Red Sox was a success? Um, They won a World Series. <laughs> yeah, they also won one with Julio no, Ludo. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the thing. I think the. So what we have to remember, yeah, exactly. He was the Julio Lugo of the starting rotation. He was. Um, but they won a World Series. He was okay. Uh, he actually pitched in the playoffs, and he was okay. Right. Um, and so and it's his first year. All right, we'll give him a pass. The second year, he finished fourth in Cy Young. Which he was insane, eight- though, and I know you covered the team, so <laughs> I, could, I could turn the game off if I wanted. You were there for all those games. That was the most maddening sub-three ERA season I think I've ever seen. He threw five innings a game. He walked around the mound for 35 seconds before every pitch. It was insane. The overall numbers, though, if you just, like a lot of the nerds do, look at the numbers, you're like, oh, I got a great year. He he was the best pitcher in the history of baseball <laughs> of walking the bases loaded than getting out yep. of it. Oh yeah. And 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 then like he it, he was just he was such a, an odd pitcher in that respect. But he won eighteen games. I think he had an ERA under three. He was fourth he did, in the two point nine oh. It was unbelievable. He won a <laughs> bunch of games. It was crazy. He was yeah, he was fourth in Cy Young. Um and he was full of headaches for John, for uh, for uh, who was it? Oh, John Farrell. Yeah, John Farrell was a pitching coach. Yeah, so Frank Cohen was still there, and yeah, 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 yeah. But and but then then so he has this year. They had the really good team, big part of that good team. Oh, and another thing about him which was bizarre is that he was unbelievable against. I don't know how I remember this. Unbelievable against cleanup hitters. If you <laughs> un, like, he was unbelievable. I remember that. Yeah. Unbelievable against cleanup hitters and. God awful against number nine hitters. Like it was. That's cr- funny. Yeah. Everything Classic. about yeah. everything was about him was bizarre. And and then the next year he show he goes to the WBC and he shows up from the WBC after training on an island in Japan for the WBC instead of going to spring training. He shows up at the end of spring training throwing like eighty miles an hour. It was unreal. Then he was he was like in and out of the like he was just hurt all the time after that. So I think, and by the way and by the way still lives in the area. Yeah, we had a caller recently uh, bring it up. It was saying like he's still a legend over in Japan and yeah. like he lives around here and like could he help sway Yamamoto to come here? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know, but uh, if if Yamamoto, if you knew that Yamamoto was going to have a similar career to Dice K, I wouldn't want him. Really? Yeah, I don't like. I think I would rather inv- like I would take him. Like to your point, like they need a bunch of they need more than one starter. But I think I'd rather take my chances with some of the other starters that are available than uh, a guy like Dice K who's going to throw like. I mean, I guess now 160 innings looks a lot better okay, than it so used to. But let's, let's spin the wheel of free agency. Yeah. Here, here you go. You you have your chance. You can assign this guy to seven years, two hundred million dollars, and you have your yeah. choice. You have Yamamoto or Blake Snell. All right. Well, so I'm just or saying, Jordan Montgomery or Jordan Montgomery. All right. So I personally would take Yamamoto. I'm just saying, if I knew if I knew he was going to be Dice K, then I wouldn't. But I don't think he is going to be Dice K. Like I'm hoping that he's going to be even better than Dice K. So I'm basing it off of the hype. And all that surrounding it. So I would take Yamamoto over those other guys. But I also, I'd be really disappointed if, if he came back in 10 years. And you're like, oh, that kind of looked like Dice K's career. Oh, no. That's my I, point. I don't think yeah. there's any question. I mean, yeah. to, to answer your question, I mean, everyone thought when, when Dice K showed up, it was the magical pitch. <laughs> yeah, the gyro bombs. He has 18 pitches. And I remember, <laughs> I also remember, I have so many good Dice K memories. The first, the first pitch that he threw 
Johnny Ayers, a punter for Boston College who played for BC, rifled a ball down the line <laughs> for a double. Oh, and, my God. And, and the reason he did was because the Japanese media had asked Daisuke, because it was crazy, this spring trade. They asked him any, everything. So they asked Daisuke, what is going to be your first pitch you throw in a Red Sox uniform? And he said, a fastball. <laughs> so, so Johnny Ayers sat on the fastball for and Johnny. rifled a double. Johnny John, yeah, Johnny Ayers, good job. He's in uh, in the book. That's hilarious. All right, so we will uh, we, we'll talk to Bradfo about Shohei Otani and some of the other big free agents coming up here. And if you want to ask Bradfo any uh, baseball questions, you can at 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show talking baseball here on WEEI. You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI. And check out WEEI on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. For me, turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night. I hate to interrupt that, the great Adam Sandler, but I only got a few precious more minutes with Rob Bradford. So let me uh, let me keep going with the baseball. I can listen to that song all the time. I, I thought you were going to play the uh, WKRP uh, Les Nessman turkey drop. You ever <laughs> see that one? I did not. No. Oh, oh no. Uh, cla- go YouTube it where, right. is, where he says when they do a uh, turkey drop out of the uh, of the <laughs> helicopter as a promotion, a radio promotion. Right, right, right. right. And he said, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> Not bad. Or right, we'll, uh, we'll effort that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Red Sox offseason, if they could, uh, who should they prioritize? If you could sign one of these, I assume pitchers, but maybe you'll surprise me. It'll be somebody else. Who would be the guy you think would be the the best possible signing? I do. I still think it's probably Yamamoto, but I, I think Snell is a close second mm-hmm. for me. Yep. Uh, because he he walks a lot of guys, but. All I know is that he pitched. He's pitched in the American League East, and he's a really, really good pitcher. And yeah, he's thirty years old. He's not twenty-five like Yamamoto, but still, it's you need you need to find a pitch. You need to find pitchers. Yeah, I would say. And and I don't know. It, it's it does get uneasy when a guy like Aaron Nola comes off the board so quick because. In terms of the level of pitchers that you need, there's only a few of those guys in the free agency now. If you're willing, you can trade for Corbin Burns. You can trade for Dylan Cease and those sort of guys. That's fine. But the other guys only cost you money. That This costs you players. Yeah, and it was a couple of weeks ago I was asking Andy Hart, who was really positive after the Breslow press conference, and he was like, I, he thinks things are going to change. And I, I presented him with uh, Yamamoto, Otani, Snell, <laughs> uh, who else? And then I think I threw in like Soto and Tatis. Uh, like some, so some other hitters in there too. I go, do you think they walk away with one of those guys, at least one of those guys? Mm-hmm. And he said, yes. Are, are you as as optimistic that they're going to get one of the maybe five best players to change teams this offseason? Uh, if you throw Montgomery in there, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, right. I think you have to throw Montgomery. I think that this is one of the reasons why this change was made because they knew that they needed to to get really uncomfortable. And, and, you know, I've said this before. I said this all throughout the year. Every time Otani was mentioned, I said, no chance, no chance, no chance. I'm not going to say there's, like, a, a good chance, but, 
you know, there's a half a percent of a chance more than, and that's more than I would say before, mm. just because I think that that was the message that was sent. We we under we can't have Dodgers fans having parades. We can't have dollar <laughs> we can't we can't have dollar tickets during Yankee series. We can't do that anymore. So I'll go back to like if if you said to me what's the what's the priority? I know they need pitching. I would I would absolutely say go get Otani. Go get Otani. Mm-hmm. That would be my priority and find pitching. You can find pitching in, in a variety of ways, but you can't find a Shohei Otani in a variety of ways. And I mean this as a player, and I also mean this as a guy that they desperately need to revitalize this fan base. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And Jordan Montgomery, like he's, he's nice. He's nice. He's nice. And, yeah. and it'll help you win. Yeah. But uh, they, they also, this is a business, and there is nobody in the history of baseball who is better than for business than Shohei Itani. No, that's definitely true. And there's been a lot of debates, and we even talked about it during the season uh, when the Angels didn't trade him away. They kept him, and how much is this guy going to get paid? Like, how much, what is it going to be? And then you get the news that he's not going to pitch at all next season. And obviously there's hope that he'll be able to pitch and do both again in 2025. What's the range now, you think? Now that, you know, time is, is we've settled it a little bit. You've been able to talk to other uh, GMs and teams. What do you what do you think the kind of money is going to be for him? For Otani? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still think you probably could $500 million. Yeah. And, and, you know, I thought... When he's pitching, that'd be six hundred million. But it's and he's going to pitch again. That that's the, 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 you're going to sign the guy for whatever it is, right. ten years, right, right, right. And he's going to miss a year of pitching. Oh well, and and so I, I do think that it's gonna it's it's gonna be floor five hundred million. I, that's what I think anyway. Man, and and I think right now, and here's the thing about the Otani situation: they are such on lockdown. They are so paranoid. They have teams. They have the fear of God in teams <laughs> of not leaking anything out, whether it's meetings or whatever it is. So everything you hear about Otani is somewhat guesswork. Um, but I, I think that we can put the pieces together. A team like the Dodgers, well, you know, they didn't spend money here because they're going to go for it there. Right. I don't think that's a that's a huge leap of faith. And I'm, and and I think the Red Sox are the same way. But I, I don't think that you're going to be just because he can walk down the street and buy his shoes at the New Balance outlet. <laughs> let me it means like they're gonna, they got the inside track. You think Soto or Tatis will end up being traded? And if so, do you think uh, the Red Sox have a, a chance on either of those guys? I think Soto will, and uh, and also what you're willing to give up. We have to remember it comes mm. back to our conversation about what the Red Sox have in the farm system and what they're willing to give up. Right. The, the other other teams are better positioned now. It's interesting because you have a guy like Sedan Rafaela, which we talk about hyping up a guy. The Red Sox have been in 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 full press hype mode on this guy for the last two years. I think he's a major leaguer. I think he's probably a decent major leaguer, but is he the best prospect that's come through the organization in the last 20 years like some people were trying to suggest? No. Yeah. No, <laughs> but strong. Right. Yeah. But it's but you know, he if if he can be a valuable piece in a trade, I just don't know if it's going to be enough compared to some of the other teams. Uh, and then lastly for you, Brad Foe, Justin Turner was awesome last year. He was a, a signing that absolutely hit. He was great for the team, the locker room, on the field, everything. Uh, chances that he re-signs here? 
I I think you have to find out like with a lot of things. It's like with the Otani stuff, you have to find out because he has to be your DH, right? Yeah. So and so he's gonna have to wait a little bit. It's interesting though. Today, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who which has been hot and heavy on Justin Turner, got a third baseman today. Yeah. And that was a position where they could see like him play a little bit there. But uh, but I I like Turner. I think he was. It's. You know, when when you have the MVP, he should have been the MVP, not because he didn't deserve to be the MVP, but when you have a team where that guy is the MVP, then you haven't built enough around him. Mm-hmm. And but he was the MVP probably on the field and definitely the MVP off the field. Well, you're the MVP on the radio tonight, oh, Bradfo. I gotta tell you, I appreciate you spending some time here on a Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, talking some baseball, and I can't wait for some of these guys to start signing with teams. It's going to be a ton of fun. But uh, Rob Bradford, you and your family have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. C- can I ask a quick question about Stiz- Stiz's hat? Of course. He, I was a little confused. I was listening to you guys before. Uh, Stiz, you bought a hat? I was going to buy the hat, but it was $120. Yeah, so he's I, out on that. What kind of hat? Was it like one of these Curious George's hats? Or wh- Remember when Brian Robinson wore the big hat in the commander's oh. locker room? Like oh, a couple years so ago, I'm last glad, year. Yeah. That's where I was going with this. Like whoever bought stock in that company, my condolences. Yeah, tough, it, tough go. I mean, that had a good run for about two minutes, and then the major league. Then I think the Atlanta Braves tried started doing that as a home run celebration, and Major League Baseball's like, nope, sorry, no. can't do it. Well, what happened was it was Robinson's buddy, but he did He like made these hats. So there wasn't like a lot of them in stock, and then they didn't have license to any of the things. And then it was just like, all right, it was a funny, it was a funny joke for like two weeks, and then it was like done. It was, so yeah, but, it, it burned hot, and then it was it was over. But listen, Stiz try to keep him in business. It's I appreciate right, it. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> Bring it right also back. Uh, for Bradford. Yeah. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> Pretty good. Bradford, a pleasure, sir. All right, all right. Uh, good, good times, guys. Yep. I appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Of course, uh, check out the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. Bradfo catching up with everybody, including got to give that one a listen with the uh, the Yamamoto expert actually giving some negatives about Yamamoto. Because I'll be honest, I haven't read or heard a single negative. It was legit too good to be true. Uh, speaking of, uh, the New England Patriots quarterback situation is still a mess. I guess it's not too good to be true. It's just bad is really what it is. Uh, you can join us on that as we uh, turn our attention back to football. 617-779-7937. Three hours down, one hour to go here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI.